Well, hello, this is Marius in Norway, and I would rather kiss my dog than listen to I Got It with Dolomar. may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right. Welcome. To the show, the non-award-winning show, I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your non-award-winning podcast host, Jesse Dollamore. And sitting across from me, just covered in awards, <laughs> Brittany Page. Oh, why do you have to why do you have to bring us down right before we start the show talking about how many awards we don't uh, have? Yeah. I, are there even like podcast awards? I hope not. Uh, podcasts, we aren't there yet. Well, not only that, I think awards are kind of, you know, S in your own D a little bit. You know what I mean? Well. Like the Oscars. Uh, You're a fan of the Oscars. Yeah, so. I love award shows, yeah, so I, I can't really agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, apparently... So anyway, great transition. 205 episodes in, and I still have not mastered the segue. So you have an activity for us, I hear. Uh, kind of, I, I guess. So I had to do this social identity profile wheel thing in class, and it's an exercise for therapists that they can give to their clients. Well, the reason that what sparked this is we, we always get emails asking what like what of our backgrounds are and this or that kind of a getting to know us of questions and this apparently is going to be a vehicle for that is it not well somewhat <laughs> oh wow they're pretty basic questions All but right. um okay so let's start with the top of the wheel and just go to the right i guess how about that so the first thing is your favorite music Wow. Well, why don't you go first? Well, we already know mine, which is 70s, 70s <laughs> R&B, soul, funk, disco, disco, funk. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I would say soulful stuff. Uh, blues. Like right now, I'm kind of on a an a Alabama Shakes kick, you know. But I'm a singer-songwriter guy. I really enjoy that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Mark Broussard. Yeah, Mark Broussard. I like uh, the Black Crows. Like oh, I, I said, love the Black Crows. Alabama Shakes. Um Shit like that. I think John Mayer's Continuum is an awesome, awesome album mm -hmm. that's very bluesy, not super poppy and douchey. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess that. Okay. List one talent. What's one talent you have? Talent? Yeah. I don't You're know. You're a talented guy. Talking without an exorbitant amount of ums in my speech. I, I don't know. I don't know a talent. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy guy. I'm, I'm an upbeat character. How about knowing the names of every senator that has ever lived or worked in the Senate? I, that's not a talent of mine. <laughs> it's Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Anyway. Most of the time, 
you know which which senators from which state, what their name <laughs> is, how long they served. I can also recognize them by voice. Yeah, it's freaky. All right. See, how you're admitting you? it now. How about you? Um, a talent. This makes me very uncomfortable. Well, I say that I'm like a human Shazam app. Yes, that, well, that is a talent. And I know many different genres. It's not just the 70s, um, although that is my specialty. And I have been known to recognize a lot of different types of music and know the artist or song title. Yeah. Like Shazam. Right. So, favorite food. Oh, my God. That's that's unanswerable. I have... There are so many good, good things. A favorite? I don't know. You have to choose. You no. have to have a favorite. No. A last meal. Oh. oh, okay. Last meal. Yeah, so that would be a, a medium rare 16 ounce or 20 or 24 ounce <laughs> uh, New York strip with a, t- a giant glass of wine mm-hmm. finished off with a, a delicious bourbon. How about just a bottle of wine and like a bottle? It's your last meal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That we're talking Bo- about here. Bottle of wine, bottle of bourbon. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite food is fish and rice. Goddamn. <laughs> Easy to please. Brittany Page. Any kind of fish. Um, okay. Number of siblings. Not sure why this is on here. Two. Two younger siblings. And I have three siblings. Oh, One is right. older. An older brother and two younger sisters. Favorite animal? Uh, you, what is it? This going downhill very quickly. <laughs> Favorite animal? Yes. Uh, human. A human. Okay. Well, mine's a bulldog. Goddamn. Great. What's next? Fucking favorite color? No. List a skill to improve. Uh, procrastination. Oh, that is a great yeah, one. Yeah, I'm you. a terrible, terrible procrastinator. Lately, that's been a problem for me as well. But my, it's my procrastination has no, been a problem. No, for you. <laughs> my own procrastination has been a problem. Yeah, lately. Um, In the writing of your thesis for grad school. Yes. All right. Um, but typically, it's not a problem. <laughs> One skill that I could improve is definitely math. I, I say that if I could go back in time and do anything different in my life. It would be to not be a mopey teenager depressed about my life circumstances, but funnel all that negative yeah. energy into learning math, uh, which is seriously the biggest mistake that I, I ever made because yeah, I suffered for it so hard in college when I, you know, had to start in like the playing with blocks math. She suffered so hard. <laughs> so hard. No, you guys. I did. I was like crying in <laughs> class. It was embarrassing. It was horrific. Yeah. All okay. right. Let's let's move on before this turns into uh, Okay. Favorite slogan. I don't know slogan. I have a my favorite quote is the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I guess that could be considered a slogan, so I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. This is really hard for me um, because I'm I'm a quote person. I love quotes. Yeah, you do. I'm also a lyrics person. So um, the main one that's coming to mind. Is it Ruffles Has Ridges? No, no. <laughs> oh, it's going to sound so stupid. <laughs> okay, so one of my favorite songs is In Repair by John Mayer. And in that song, he says, 
I'm in repair. I'm not together, but I'm getting there. And I really like that lyric. So that's not really a slogan, but whatever. We can can answer what we want to. Okay. Favorite color is the last one. (laughs) Really? Yes. Well, I'm an adult, so I don't have a fucking favorite color. (laughs) A favorite color. What does that mean? Oh, I love how you feel about it. It's so dumb. That is a (laughs) stupid thing to ask. What is your favorite color? It's on the identity wheel. Yeah, well, that's stupid. You know, that's really mean of you to say. Yeah, okay. Well, what's your favorite color, Brittany? I don't really know. I'm kind of with you on this. In fact, when I filled it out, I may have written the I'm next an adult. question. <laughs> the next question should be, uh, what is your least favorite question on the wheel? And mine would be, <laughs> what is your favorite color? Well, they should ask. They should ask like, I don't know. They should make it more specific. Which color do you look best in? What's your, what's your favorite color to wear? Well, since I'm a ginger, it would be earth tones. But they're not my favorite. They just, I look better in those colors. All right. Ugh. You ru- that ruined everything. I almost said you ruined everything, but you didn't. You know, I try to ruin everything. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Are you a new listener? Are you really eager to get bossed around by podcasters who you don't know? Well, now is your opportunity. I would love for some of our new listeners who have, who have uh, discovered us via YouTube and the many other methods and by different means to go and rate and review us on iTunes. It seems dumb and it seems like it pro- what help could it be, but it really does. iTunes, they weight that, they use that as a weight to put us in front of new listeners. So we will be more discoverable within the iTunes search whatever parameters if we get a a glut of new reviews so be a pal and help us out and do not use profanity in your review because it will get filtered out so if you have written a review and you go back and you try to find it and it's not there you may have dropped an f-bomb and that gets filtered out which is a weird thing since they allow explicit shows yes in the directory it's very odd yeah the other thing that you can do for us is send in a promo for the show. Just like you just heard. You don't have to make out with your dog <laughs> like Marius from Norway did. Or go a little further. <laughs> Something else was happening there, Marius. What was going on? <laughs> little tickling of the dog balls. <laughs> the, I don't know. I the no dog idea. was having a good time, I feel like. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I think Marius was having a good time, too. <laughs> anyway... Uh, if you would like to, all you have to do, you don't have to get really creative. All you have to do is call in 657-464-7609 or, of course, email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. And all you have to say is, this is so-and-so from wherever you live, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. That's it. If you choose to get more creative, you can, but it is not a requirement. Not at all. All right. Moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like, comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward 
one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. All right. Well, before we move on, I want to give a very special thank you to our newest Patreon family member, Chris. And normally I say (laughs) I give only the first name because I don't want to spill the beans on everybody. But in this case, that's all that was there. (laughs) Just Chris. Is it a city? Is there a city? I I haven't looked at all that information yet because I haven't put together the stickers. I'm going to send the stickers out. Yes. Uh, But uh, Chris. Just Chris. All right, Chris. Like Madonna. You know who you are, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) And like I mentioned, uh, the stickers... I just sent a batch out, dropped them in the old mailbox mm-hmm. on Thursday night. So Friday morning, they went out, and you will see them very soon. When you do get them, we would love to see where they end up. Mm-hmm. All right. Saturday was a big, big day for Bernie Sanders. Let's get into that. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Like I said, Saturday was a big day. The Bernie campaign decimated, absolutely destroyed Hillary Clinton in the caucuses that were held in Alaska, Hawaii, and the state of Washington. So Bernie Sanders got 82% in Alaska, 70% in Hawaii, 73% in Washington. And that totals 55 delegates right now uh, for Bernie and 20 delegates for Hillary Clinton. Washington has 101 delegates. That's right. Now, I think only 30 or so of those have been dispersed because they have a very odd practice in that state yeah yeah where there's two more steps yeah, that need to be stages in the yeah. uh, the allotment of the delegates right so there's two more stages that the delegates need to go through in order to get these remaining delegates dispersed to bernie sanders or hillary clinton so if everything works out the way it should bernie will end up with roughly 73 delegates not the 25 that he's been allotted as of now um, but a big day overall. I mean, Hillary Clinton and their campaign, they have to be a little worried right now that 82% to 82 to 18% in Alaska, 70-30 in Hawaii. That's those are massive massive percentages. Right. There's only 268 delegates between them right now. Yeah, and the total delegate, yo, know, that's what I was just going to give the delegate total and that's that's what you did, Brittany. You just did that. <laughs> well, I gave the total delegate <laughs> difference. Yeah. No, that's good. It's okay. good. C- because it is 12. And remember, remember, audience, this show will never provide you a delegate total that includes the superdelegates because they can change. They are not official because they can flip. And, and it, I think that it is, if not likely, it is certainly possible and not outside of the realm of possibility that they would do so. So, like I said, the state of Washington overwhelmingly went Bernie, like all the other states yesterday, or the day before for you. 73%. 
Well, due to the miracle, the miracle on this Easter Sunday, we have Christy, the hardest working woman in show business, from the Nerd Out Loud podcast and the Little Red Bandwagon podcast. God damn, that's a lot going on. Pulling double duty. <laughs> How are you, Christy? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Uh, I want to talk to you about, well, because I know through our our friendship, our deep abiding friendship on Facebook, I know that you were were uh, you went to the caucus. I did. And you're also a delegate, which is great. Yeah. But what I want to talk to you about um, is about the how persuadable were the people? Because the caucus process, like we've talked about on the show, is different than primary. Primary, you walk in, you cast your super secret ballot, and then you leave and go home. The, the caucus process is going in and really interacting with other people, and you're able to debate and and you know change people's minds. Right. What was that like? Well, so how you are is everyone's kind of shoved into a gym by, um, and then you're divided by precinct, which is basically a neighborhood. I mean, we had 23 people in our precinct. No, mm -hmm. sorry, 26. 23 were, were for Bernie and three for were for Hillary. So she got zero. There's a whole complicated math problem that they, you round up on this part and round down. And um, so it starts at 10 and the first vote, happens right at 10 and everyone says this is who I want you have a sheet and you say my original vote is this and then everybody has a chance to say their bit and they get three minutes to speak and the Hillary people were the first people to speak because they wanted at least one and uh, I I don't think that they were very convincing because they were just like well I was kind of undecided until I just don't think he can get things done. Like that's basically their <laughs> argument. Right, right. And then there was this there's the guy who was our acting precinct officer for the day and he just said, "My heart is with Bernie, but my head is with Hillary because I think that I'm going to be having to vote for her in November, but the primary is the time to vote with your heart." Which I agree with, but I also don't agree that it's uh necessary that we're going to be voting for Hillary in November either. Right. So then we had a woman who's old time. I mean, the only three of us out of the 26 had ever caucused before. Um, and you're one of them, right? I'm one of them, yeah. right. And so we had this old timey lady. I think she was probably 65. And she just said, listen, all candidates promise the world. and But the president gets to for sure do two things. Nominate a Supreme Court justice and and uh, do treaties and tariffs. And this is why Bernie is better for that. <laughs> and then people were arguing like, well, <laughs> are you sure that he's going to do that? And is Hillary for NAFTA? And which, would he get us out of the WTO? And she just started saying like, these are the votes he's done. And then another woman said, Hillary's a warmonger. And then wow. it just... <laughs> so so it was, did you see minds change? Did did that original vote with three Hillary voters, did it remain throughout? Were there people who were changed their minds? No. And I think it's because the three people were pretty stubborn. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't want to change their mind. And I mean, one of them was definitely like, I'm a 25-year-old 20, woman, and I think a woman should be president. I mean, she actually said that. Like, it's time for a woman president. And I said... Yes, but 
maybe not this one. (laughs) (laughs) So then we say, okay, so this is how it's going to go. And we get for Bernie and we have to then vote within the 20, 20, uh, six people to put four people up to go to the next level, which is April 17th, the legislative district caucus where we do the same thing. Um, but a bigger scale. And she, so basically they said, who wants to do it? And people were saying, oh, like I can't, I'll look at the dates. I can't make it. We don't want someone who can't make it. Right. And the Hillary girl who said she just wants a woman raised her hand to, to volunteer. And I wasn't going to, to volunteer. I kind of have a lot of stuff on my plate right now, as you said, plus planning a wedding, like all that stuff. So I wasn't going to do it. But as soon as she raised her hand, I said, I'm doing it because I'm making sure that she represents what we just said, because I don't trust her. She doesn't have any obligation to go there and vote for Bernie. Right, right. It's interesting because on CNN, they have been showing that these great conversations are being had between Hillary supporters and Bernie supporters. And I'm like watching this process and I'm like, wow, this is really an opportunity for minds to be changed and look at these great arguments that are being had. And then here you are saying, yeah, no, that minds are not being changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only representative of her particular precinct. Right, right. right. Maybe, neighborhood. maybe yeah. her precinct is just filled with assholes. <laughs> I guess that could be the case. I don't think it was more assholes. I think it was just young people filled with hope and they just stuck to what they wanted. I mean, even a Bernie girl who was like decked out in Bernie swag and she goes, I'm supporting Bernie. I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) We we would never guess. Well, that's awesome. uh, Yeah. And so I'm going to be a delegate just to make sure that the Hillary girl doesn't ruin everything for our neighborhood. Um, and, um, but then I realized on Facebook, cause people are posting, what happened is then we have 101 delegates, I believe. And only some of those were rewarded. That's and right. So yeah. there, there's a lot of questions going on. What, why is this the case? And more will be at the legislative and then another at the County. We just stretch it out. So we're not going to actually know anything until, June 18th, where all those go. <laughs> well, as of right now, Bernie has 25 and Hillary has nine. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, and and that probably will go. Everybody I know that caucus, either she got less or at least half. In the richer places, like we have, like what we call the east side, which is where all the like white rich people live, those, those precincts went half, half and half, mm-hmm. which is to be expected. Um so I would say that this is probably going to be the trend all the way through the state the state convention. Um, but my so I also found out that I should have been re- I should have been given my delegate ticket pass thing, but it was turned in my envelope. So now I'm chasing that down. I have to find out someone who works for the precinct or is doing something. And so because of that, I'm going to run for precinct captain officer whatever it's called because it was such a shit show i mean they basically sat us down and said okay who wants to run your your precinct yeah well it's democracy (laughs) is a messy business it's not it's it's not precision so right and it was eight years ago that we did this before i mean a lot of the people that in our precinct weren't able to vote eight years ago right right they've never done this before and they didn't know how and it and it's much better than eight years ago I was stuck in a gym for five until, let's see, from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. And they didn't know what was happening. Um, and so it's much better system now. But it, it needs some help, especially our little 
place. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to run. I have to, I have to declare by May something. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> well, listen, thanks for taking time out of your busy of Easter Sunday to talk to us. He is risen. He, he is. He is most certainly he is risen. risen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christy. Thanks a lot. Yeah, bye. All right. Well, that was, uh, that was good. Don't you think? It was great. And in, in the spirit of doing new things and experimenting, not with our bodies, but mm. just generally being being experimental, I want to go to another call right now. I didn't mention this because I am a professional broadcaster who never gets anything wrong. I didn't mention that Christy is actually from Seattle. And when she talked about East and West, that was all relative to where she lives in the city of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're going to go... To the eastern side of Washington, which is super conservative, super religious, and shockingly enough for me, it went a completely different way percentage-wise for, for Bernie than Seattle did. The overall Seattle area of the the average for the 17 precincts in Seattle was 60, 67.3% for Bernie and 32% for Hillary Clinton, where in Spokane where our callers are from, 78% for Bernie and 21% for Hillary Clinton. So it was off the charts, a lot higher uh, of a percentage in support of Bernie Sanders. So having said all that, joining us on the phone are my longtime friends. We're talking like from the fucking 80s. Todd and Jamie, you guys, how are you? Thank you for being here. (laughs) <laughs> hello. Doing, hello we're doing good we're doing very very good so you guys are also caucusers you guys are a couple of caca caucusers we, we are first time <laughs> we are first time cockeye yeah and uh and you also are democrats and you caucused for bernie and you're also just like christy was delegates or or you're a delegate todd and i think jamie are you an alternate is that right I'm a- an alternate that's yeah. correct yeah well, when we got into the process as confusing as it was we jamie and i were talking about it and we thought i knew i wanted to be a delegate and move on to the next part of the process whatever that was going to be but then jamie said well i'm definitely going to be with you when you go so i should be an alternate that way if somebody else can't make it i'm going to be with you anyway so it makes sense yeah that's for sure yeah so yeah. give us kind of a feel because obviously there is something happening relative to the level of excitement and emotion and support for Bernie Sanders. They've come out of the southern states in those primaries, and Hillary Clinton really, she cleaned up there. But now we're going west and into more kind of flyover country, and Bernie is experiencing and enjoying very heavy support. So what was the, what was the emotion? Was, it, was there a lot of excitement and energy in your caucus room? Yeah, it was it was it was pretty exciting. I mean, I I did not expect that at all, to be honest with you. Like as you said, uh, you know, Spokane is a very conservative neighborhood. We live in a in a very you know religious conservative type area. So when we were going there, I didn't I really didn't expect the Bernie support. I thought we were going to be in the minority, and and it was obvious from the get go with all the signs because people bring signs and people are wearing shirts and buttons and that that. You know, there was a lot of Bernie supporters there and there was over 600 people 
um, there, which is apparently like the, 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 for the Spokane Valley for, where we live. Yeah, is the record for Washington State for, for a caucus turnout. So that oh, was wow. pretty cool. Yeah. It was fantastic. And, and it felt, you could definitely feel it in the room. I mean, it, different people got up and spoke and, and the, one of the gals that got up and spoke, you know, it, everything that was said, there was a lot of clapping, there was a lot of cheering. Um, it, it was, it was, it was, it was an exciting process. I mean, it felt, it felt good. It felt really exciting to be there. It, it felt like being, you know, a, it, you could feel the synergy, you know, I would, I would classify it along the lines of being in, in church during praise and worship. You could feel that, that synergy. You could yeah, feel yeah. the excitement in the air. You, you could feel that there's a lot of people here that, you know, that, that think and, and line up ideologically with what you feel. So it, it felt good. Did, did you experience or see anyone who was for Hillary Clinton who switched to Bernie or vice versa? And not in our particular precinct. There was nobody that switched, but apparently like with, with Brett and Lisa, our other really good friends that were in a different precinct than us, which was unfortunate, but they, um, they did have a couple of people who switched camps from Hillary to, to Bernie. But I, I, it seems like based on talking to a lot of different people, that's rare because a lot of people go in like what, if, if you're that committed to going and caucus, then you're probably pretty set on who you're supporting sure. at that. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't come probably like still trying to decide is what I kind of got the gist. Well, of. And I would say this, I mean, I know when we all got into the room and we sat down and we started to talk, uh, as they started going into the process, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds with the process itself because it it was confusing in the sense that there nobody really had the bull by the horns. There was no leader that that we kind of came into the room and they're like, okay, so I've caucused before and here's the process and here's how it's going to go. She a gal got up at the beginning when there were 600 people in the room and kind of explained a few things, but she even said at the beginning when she started to talk, she said, look, I'm gonna I'm going to explain a whole bunch of stuff to you, and some of it you're not going to get because there's a whole bunch of things I need to cover right now. And whatever you don't get, don't worry about it because when you get separated into your own precinct, it's going to make more sense. Well, we went to our room and got separated out, and then once we sat down, I I don't know. We sat down, and nobody. I, I instantly engaged somebody in a conversation because we happened to sit across from somebody that we live near – who is a neighbor, right. and he was a Hillary supporter. So we started talking right away, and then as we were talking, we finally got interrupted by by another gal that was sitting in our precinct caucus that said, hey, guys, we, we need to go ahead and get this started. And and she started reading from the paperwork that was there, there was like in a, a big packet. manila. Yeah, it was a big manila envelope. She started reading from that and got us on track. So what was the process like of becoming a delegate or designating the delegates once you were kind of in this situation? That was a little tricky because like, so we, so they started reading the packet and we all had to designate who we were supporting, you know, from the get go. There was like a, like a initial, who do you support? And then we all handed in our forms and then we all had an opportunity to stand up and, and say a few words. And there was a lot of people that stood up and said, why they were supporting Bernie or why they were supporting Hillary. And there was a lot of passion with that, but everybody was pretty respectful. And then you get to the end and, um, and then they say, does anybody want to switch? Want to change their mind. Yeah. Change your mind. And you had an opportunity to do that. So in our case, no one did. Everybody stuck with who they were supporting initially. 
And then they, um, they said, okay, now we need to have, based on how many people voted Bernie versus Hillary, we needed to have so many delegates for Bernie and so many delegates for Hillary. In our case, we had four total. So because we had mostly Bernie supporters, we needed three Bernie delegates and we needed one Hillary delegate and then alternates for each of those. And we didn't really understand what that meant. You know, like, well, what what's the date? Like, where are we supposed to go? Yeah, what's the, <laughs> what's the rest of this process yeah. was really a thing. I mean, I stepped up right away and said, I will absolutely go on to the next process as long as I can. You know, I had questions on where's the next caucus going to be. And I didn't, at that point when I volunteered, they hadn't really explained to us, okay, so we're going to account for a certain amount of delegates that are going to go to each candidate, but the next step in the process is going to add, you know, if you want to further your candidate, your candidate's nomination for the party's nominee to be president of the United States, then you need to move forward in the process. That was never really even explained to us. I just thought, you know what, if there's, if there's another part to this process, I want to be a part of it. And, and, and where, where, where is the next step? So it so the, the way it was explained to us why we were there is that it was going to be at a at a what's Another. called South Pines Junior High, which we know where that is because we have kids that that you know play them in so sports. In so we knew yeah we knew where it was, and they we knew the date, mm -hmm. and they said the date's going to be on a Sunday. So I I knew it would fit within my schedule. So, so, so it's, thought, it's just another I, it's another place in the Spokane Valley. Exactly. That's okay. correct. You don't have to drive to Olympia or fucking Seattle or uh, something. No, okay. no, no. Yeah. No, but as we, you know, we talked about that today. I, I think once you're a part of this process, you know, we kind of got started talking about it. And I said, look, if if we can continue to move this forward and be a part of the process all the way through to where, where they go to we get to fly to Pennsylvania and take our children with us, we, this is historic. And, it, and I think it's, I think it's valuable. I think there's value in being a part of the process, whatever that process is, but, I, I, I would when we talked about it today, I got excited. I started but let's really be thinking. Clear. It they were idea. very clear that any any travel expenses are on. Yeah, they're you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Listen, without yeah. coming across, and I probably will fail, but with trying to not come across as a condescending jerk off, I am super proud of you guys. I think it's awesome that you. It's a big step to take time out of your day to to give of your time and your money and to possibly be moving forward in the in the process is it's a big deal. It's an investment. It's a sacrifice. But it feels it does. It feels right. Yeah. I'm it's awesome. I'm I'm really happy. Thank you. Yeah, it's no, thank you, man. That's and it doesn't sound condescending at all. We appreciate it and it's it thank you. I worried because I've had several interactions let's say on facebook not even interactions just me like ah shaking my fist and like people who hey did you go vote no i didn't go vote oh something was going on or blah what you you constantly whine about govern the politics in our country and you didn't take the time to fucking go vote what is wrong with you and it's awesome that you guys didn't well, uh you didn't receive the the shaking fist in the air from jesse dollar <laughs> funny about it is that that the that the quietest one out of our group lisa is the one who actually spearheaded this whole thing and they go the credit goes to her because she she's the one who's like this is a once in a lifetime experience you guys we need to go 
And um, and their particular precinct wasn't really clear about the date and um, like where it was going to be. So so unfortunately, neither one of them stood up. But I think they would have if they would have known that it was on a Sunday. You know what I mean? So it's interesting how it all kind of comes about. Like, I mean, I think we all just get caught up in our lives. And, you know, if if the circumstances kind of align, we're nudged in the right direction. But I, I mean, I'm so glad we did. I'm so glad we did. Me I'm too. I'm really, really thankful. And and I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. We, I spent a lot of fucking time bitching and <laughs> having opinions. And, you know, I, I'm very opinionated about, I, I you know, uh, I want to be involved in the process. Right. I think it's important. I think if, if you're going to be a person who has ideas and has thoughts and wants to convince other people about you know about what you think then you got to step up and be part of the process because if you're not doing that you don't have any you don't have dog in the race and and that's that's fair yeah that's awesome all right well thank you for coming on the show and explaining this and recounting your experience um that's awesome i i love you todd i love you jame thanks for thanks for coming on we love you guys too man take care guys All right, well, on to other campaign-related issues. Donald Trump's problems with women don't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon. He has a campaign consultant, or just, I guess he's maybe just considered a a Trump supporter. Who makes media appearances. Yeah, his name is Stephen Miller, and he was on a panel with CNN where it got very testy to mm-hmm. say the least he starts yelling that if you want to have an argument i'll have an argument like he starts acting out of control and then toward the end of the interview drops maybe the most ridiculous assertion that has been leveled thus far by the trump campaign political class in dc works itself up into a feigned indignation over things that don't really affect the lives I don't think of anybody's feigning anything to be quite frank. There's nothing feigned here. Yeah. I watched your interview with Kate Baldwin, and God bless her for being as tough on you as you as she was. When you said, "Let's agree to disagree on sexism," you know what? I didn't Republicans, say. Okay, so you want to get you want to get into an argument? Then we'll get into an argument. That's what you want. You want to get into an argument? Then we will get into an argument. Just let them finish, and then I'll let you talk. You said you're going to talk over me. You interrupted me. We're not going to agree on sexism. I did not say. Stephen, hold on one second. No, he just accused me of standing up for sexism. Okay, and go that is the, that is said, absolutely that is, that is absolutely inappropate, I'm, I'm sir. Not yelling that at is you. inappropate. If you yell at me, that's fine. I will because you I know what? what you there said. are people, let, let him finish. No. There, you misquoted me. That is a what, lie. What did you say? I said in that interview what I'm saying right now, mm-hmm. which is that it is a trivial issue to debate de- to be debating retweets when it is a fact that you have m- Americans dying every single day as a result of immigration policies. That's what I was saying. You said that we don't have real solutions to problems. I just spent the other day in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, a once great American town, a thriving hub of industry. The steel industry shut down and the town is dying. You know why the steel industry shut down? Because the political class in D.C. didn't care about product dumping, didn't care about foreign cheating. Just like Americans all over this country see their communities destroyed by uncontrolled migration. Just like cities. (laughs) Who is this guy? Every once in a while, a new character shows up on the news as a talking head in support of Donald Trump, who I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. He's a new guy. Yeah. A little skinny, balding guy who's screaming uncontrollably on CNN. 
let me tell you, <laughs> and this might not play well because it's macho bullshit, but if a little skinny douche like this is going to be screaming in my face, I, I don't know that I'd be able to maintain composure. He snap his little neck. All right. Well, the, the guy next to him was a big dude who had a, a, an immense amount of self-control. Well, yeah, he's just, he's yelling. You have to have control because he's just yelling. It's hard. He's also not, you know, saying anything about him personally. He's just saying very dumb things generally. Yeah. So you can't snap the necks of people who are dumb. That's, (laughs) that's. My lower self kicks in sometimes. Well, get your higher self back because (laughs) (laughs) this needs to be checked. Okay. Right. You're right. All right. Let's let the idiot continue. You think this is not a joke? This is. I don't think it's a joke. We talk about. You want to talk about? And again, (laughs) listen. Oh my God! Listen to what he is getting ready to say about women in this country and the risk, the very real risk, according to him, that they face right now. You want to talk about women's issues? Here's here's something we should be talking about. This is a fact. As a result of uncontrolled migration into this country, you can look this up. It's a statistic from Equality Now. Half a million U.S. girls in this country are at risk of female genital mutilation. <laughs> oh, my that God. Is a, no. <laughs> that, is, that is... That is... I, this is exactly what happens. I mean, yes. You don't think that... He says something outrageous. Right. And That's not, I'm not saying something outrageous. It's good. It's you don't think that statistic is correct? No, I don't think a half million girls are Let me It is a statistic. Let me You don't think... Wait, you don't... That is a statistic. Can you let Nira finish, please? Do you mind if I respond? I encourage everyone to look Go ahead, Nira. Go ahead. The fact is that if we actually want to fight sexism in America... I agree with Doug that the wrong way to go is Donald Trump, who judges women on their looks, who says terrible things about women in every way he could possibly do. do. And the reality is that the reason why he's losing women in the general electorate, the reason why independent women, young conservative women say they will never vote for Donald Trump is because of what he does every day. And she's exactly right. But let's let's go back to what Stephen Miller did here. He did a classic Trump campaign activity where they they get into trouble like they are right now with women about the sexism that is being on display by not just Donald Trump, but Donald Trump supporters. And and I mean, like campaign people, people on the payroll. And then rather than face that head on, they light a fucking fire and then everybody pays attention to the fire rather than the actual issue. And that's what he just did. Rather than deal with the issue of the sexism within the Trump organization, he lights a fire in the way of 500,000 girls in America right now are in danger of female genital mutilation. Mm-hmm. Complete and utter bullshit. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I mean, what is he even thinking when he says something? <laughs> I love the reaction of everybody. It was just a giant sigh, a well, collective and, sigh. And laughter. Right. Just He's a joke. Yeah. A total joke. Well, this next clip is Ted Cruz on the campaign trail talking about his explanation for Donald Trump being scared of strong women. Let me be absolutely clear. Our spouses and our children are off balance. It is not acceptable for a big, loud New York bully 
to attack my wife. It is not acceptable for him to make insults, to send nasty tweets late at night. And I don't know what he does late at night, but he tends to do these about 1130 at night. I assume when his fear is at the highest point. But I also have to say, Heidi, she is the daughter of Christian missionary. She lived in Africa as a little girl. She is an unbelievable mom. We've got two little girls who are seven and five. Caroline and Catherine, I'll tell you, our girls are going to come join us on the road later this afternoon. I'm not looking forward to telling the girls why Donald Trump is launching insults and attacks at their mommy. I'm not looking forward to that conversation because it is not acceptable. Real men don't try to bully women. That's not an action of strength. That's an action of weakness. It's an action of fear. It's an action of a small and petty man who is intimidated by strong women. Real men don't do that. And Donald is indicating the fear that keeps him up at night when he lashes out with anger. Heidi is my best friend in the whole world. She is the love of my life. And Donald should stick with attacking me because Heidi is way out of Donald Trump's league. For the first time, I was thinking to myself that it's maybe a possibility getting closer to the point where <laughs> Ted Cruz is behaving in <laughs> in a way that makes him somewhat likable. I'm trying to put some distance between him and likability still, right, but right, of it, it, he came off somewhat likable here. Well, <laughs> maybe it's because he's ripping off Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin is a, a masterful screenwriter responsible for movies like this, uh, The American President and also shows like The Newsroom. Mm -hmm. And let me play a little snippet from Michael Douglas. That was Ted Cruz doing his best Michael Douglas impersonation. Listen to this. You gather a group of middle-aged, middle-class, middle-income voters who remember with longing an easier time and you talk to them about family and American values and character. And you wave an old photo of the president's girlfriend and you scream about patriotism. You tell them she's to blame for their lot in life. And you go on television and you call her a whore. Sydney Ellen Wade has done nothing to you, Bob. She has done nothing but put herself through school, represent the interests of public school teachers and lobby for the safety of our natural resources. You want a character to debate, Bob? You better stick with me, because Sidney Ellen Wade is way out of your league. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That last part is the Ted Cruz. And Donald should stick with attacking me, because Heidi is way out of Donald Trump's league. You want a character to debate, Bob? You better stick with me, because Sidney Ellen Wade is way out of your league. Even the way that Ted Cruz slowed the pace of what he was saying, he went from a pretty lively talk. And then he, he, he took big pauses before he started talking about his wife and kids to slow the pace of it down. I think it was very calculated. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the cynic, the political cynic in me. 
But I, I don't think it was some spontaneous moment. So, so having said all of that, though, there's a video out there, and I don't know if you've seen it, but I'm going to play the video that really juxtaposes how a president should talk about women versus how Trump talks about women. This is Obama versus Trump concerning the ladies. You dropped to your knees. Yes. And begged to do this. It's a right. pretty picture you dropped to your knees. John and Dennis thought I should be. Omarosa said me. The idea that my daughters wouldn't have the same opportunities as somebody's sons? Well, that's unacceptable. That's not acceptable. I mean, we could say politically correct that the look doesn't matter, but the look obviously matters. Like you wouldn't have your job if you weren't beautiful. We all have to be louder than the voices that are telling our girls they're not good enough. That they've got to look a certain way or they've got to act a certain way. You know who's one of the great beauties of the world, according to everybody? And I helped create her. Who? Ivanka. My she daughter, is. Ivanka. Yeah. She's six feet tall. She's got the best body. Yeah, she's hot. I've got a vested interest in making sure that our daughters have the same opportunities as boys do. A person who's flat-chested is very hard to be a 10, uh -huh. okay? Yeah, I was raised by a single mom. And, and, and know what it was like for her to raise two kids and go to work at the same time and uh, try to piece things together uh, without a lot of support. They said, how are you going to change the pageant? And I said, I'm going to get the bathing suits to be smaller and the heels to be higher. Playing like a girl means you're a badass. Ever been with a black woman? Uh, Had to. Yes. When women of color aren't given the opportunity to live up to their God-given potential, we all lose out on their talents. We're not as good a country as we can be. And you're going to have more kids? I think so, yeah. Really? Believe yeah, sure. I will. Why do you need that headache for? Because I like kids. I mean, I won't do anything to take care of them. She'll take, I'll supply the funds and she'll <laughs> right. take care of the kids, right? <laughs> We have to do better because women deserve better. And by the way, when women do well, everybody does well. So this whole thing is disturbing, right? Well, except for the Obama parts. The Obama parts. parts. Um, <laughs> but the most disturbing part for me is when he's talking about his daughter again. What is his obsession with his daughter? Yeah, it's really weird. And he's talking, oh, I created one of the beauties in the world. You know, she's six feet tall, has a great body. Why are you commenting on your daughter's body? Right. And the, the sexiness of it. It's not like, yeah, she's a an awesome athlete. She is accomplished. Uh, it's not that. It's, yeah, her muscle structure is awesome. It really lets her be able to kick a soccer ball well. It's, oh yeah, she's real hot. Yeah, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. And the opening quote when he says, um, it, that'd be a pretty picture, you on your knees. Yeah. I don't know the woman that he says it to. I forget. It's Celebrity Apprentice, but, you know, it's like celebrity, quote unquote, yeah, apprentice. Yeah, yeah. And um, her face, when he says that, she does the polite smirk. Yeah, yeah. Where women know this experience all too well, where someone says something to you and you can't tell them to F off. So right. you have to smile and nod like, mm-hmm, great. Well, and again, listen, there are plenty of other clips that didn't make it into that list. I'd like to take some money out of her fat ass pockets. If Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. <laughs> it's Does she have a fat ass? Absolutely. He is, he's a disgusting human being. Mm -hmm. he, he he has no business in the Oval Office. 
Well, and I love the juxtaposition against President Obama, who is empowering women, who is speaking respectfully about women. Absolutely. And I'm sure Donald Trump has said some respectful things about women. But unfortunately, these statements are the way that he tends to talk. I mean, this is who he tends to be, generally. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to another issue. Bernie Sanders was on CNN this weekend talking about a fundraiser that George Clooney and his wife are throwing with, as far as I'm concerned, an outrageous price tag to attend. One of the issues you talk about on the campaign trail quite a bit is big money in politics. Uh, The actor and director George Clooney is hosting a fundraiser for the Hillary Victory Fund on April 15th. Uh, We can show the uh, invitation. Uh, A couple has to raise uh, or contribute $353,400 for premium seating. In an email to supporters, you called this obscene. Why is it obscene? It is obscene that Secretary Clinton keeps going to big money people to fund her campaign. Uh, But it's not only this Clooney event. Uh, It is the fact that she has now raised well over $15 million from Wall Street for her super PAC and millions more from the fossil fuel industry and from the drug companies. Uh, We have, on the other hand, received six million individual campaign contributions, a record number in American history, averaging $27 a piece. So I think what we are trying to do is run a campaign to paraphrase paraphrase Abraham Lincoln of the people, by the people, and for the people, not just... uh, you know, reaching out to billionaires and the wealthiest people in this country. That is really a cancer on American politics. We've got to overturn this disastrous Citizens United Supreme Court decision. I believe, Jake, that we should move to public funding of elections. But do you think that comparing George Clooney, who in addition to his film work also does a lot of humanitarian work, has brought a lot of attention to genocide in Africa, do you really think that that's comparable to to the Wall Street investment banker types that you you regularly bash? Look, the point is not... I have a lot of respect for George Clooney. He's a great actor. I like him. But this is the point. This is the problem with American politics, is that big money is dominating our political system. And we are trying to move as far away from that as we can. So if you have an event, you know, we have events too. And our events, you know, we charge $15 or 50 bucks for people to come. So it's not a criticism of Clooney. It is a criticism of a corrupt campaign finance system where big money interest, and it's not Clooney, it's the people who are coming to this uh, event, have undue influence over mm-hmm. the political process. Uh, listen, of all the things that I don't agree with Bernie Sanders on, I have to say this is a, a point that I have no contention with him. Mm-hmm. I still consider myself a center-right guy. I still consider myself relatively conservative. And I have a problem with the campaign finance system in this country. I have a problem when money is considered political speech. And if you have a million dollars, you have more speech than I have. Mm-hmm. The rich shouldn't have more rights. They shouldn't have more speech. They should have the same right to speech that I have. It sounds like you're campaigning for Bernie Sanders right now. It does not sound like it that. It sounds like it a little bit. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Well, 
it's definitely a problem, and I think Bernie has his he has his heart in the right place and his brain in the right place on this issue. That is a bizarre amount. Three hundred fifty three thousand four hundred dollars. Pretty specific. Yeah, that's the cost of a house. I think Bernie Sanders' house is roughly three hundred grand. That's a house. Yeah, it's a, a lot of other things. It's like a lot of lobster rolls. That's just one a lot of lobster rolls. That's just one couple attending a fundraiser for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, it's one it, fundraiser, one dinner with good seats. Mhm. God oh, damn. Well, good seats depending on if you Maybe the, the dinner is filled with like m- many many lobster rolls. That So then it's worth it. That would make it worth it. <laughs> I love me some lobster rolls. All right. Well, on this Easter Sunday, I haven't even really gotten into that whole fiasco, but on this Easter Sunday, let's finish early with a little taken care of biz. Taken care of biz. We don't know. We don't know who's taking care of biz. Somebody took care of biz, but though. somebody did because somebody placed a tombstone for Donald Trump in Central Park. A real tombstone, like a big, fat, hefty granite tombstone. Like they cost hundreds of dollars, if not a couple grand. I mean, they're, this is not some little dainty, douchey thing. This is the real deal, like in a cemetery. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know about that, but if you're saying it, it must be true. <laughs> wow. So You're surely not procrastinating on shitting on me. It said... That is fact. The, the tombstone, which has now been taken down, was placed in Central Park near Sheep's Meadow, mm-hmm. if you know Central Park well. I do not. It said uh, Trump on it, then underneath it said Donald J, 1946 to... And then it was left blank. Yeah, no no death date. And under that, it said, make America hate again. I'm sorry, made America hate oh, again. Oh, like that was his life accomplishment. Yes. He made America hate again. Yes. Wow. So pretty profound. Pretty great. Yeah. And it has been removed because apparently <laughs> you can't do that. But someone took the time to do this. So there are lots of Instagram photos and we will put the article from Matchable on the Facebook page for you to check out. Yeah, and it's a pretty powerful statement. So whoever did it, you're taking care of biz because you're bringing awareness, and that's important. Absolutely. And if I could say one more thing. You I've, can say one more thing. I have been seeing... Brittany, a- one more thing. Not a problem. Feel free. <laughs> well, now I don't... I would love to let you say... One more thing. You know, now I don't want to because nobody <laughs> lets me do anything. Okay, one more thing. So I've been seeing people say that they don't want to talk about politics or or they say, I don't usually talk about politics on Facebook, but this is getting pretty bad. And then they share whatever political posts they're going to share. This is weird to me. And I well, guess... don't they also include... And I don't want to hear any... any argument or i don't want any feedback this is just i'm saying it and stay i don't want any comments no although i have seen that too but it's generally just people saying listen i don't like to talk about politics i don't like to talk about it on social media but things are getting so bad 
that I feel like I need to start talking about it. Well, maybe if we talked about it all the time and we didn't fear talking about it and we weren't worried about, oh, it's upsetting. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Maybe it wouldn't have gotten this bad. Yeah, that's an awesome point. Maybe if we always had open dialogue, it wouldn't be such a big deal. That is profound. And I, I, I heartily believe that. I've always been of the opinion that politics and religion are the two things that are considered impolitic. They're they're it's it's gauche to talk about those things. And to me, those are the things that are most important to talk about. As long as you can do it agreeably, why not talk about politics? You know? Yes. Especially with the ease that Facebook has created. The ease of conversation. Well, sometimes. And then sometimes a dude uh, tells you, oh, it's the first link on Google, babe. <laughs> Always cite your sources, people, or you will catch the ire of the lovely and talented uh, Brittany Page. Mm-hmm. All right. We will leave you there. We appreciate you. We love you guys. You mean the world to us. Absolutely. If you would like to sound off about any topic that we spoke of this episode or any prior episode, 657-464-7609, that is the voicemail line at which you can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail, or you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week like a loyal listener, you can go to dollamore.com and on the left-hand side of the page, there's a link that says support the show. At that link, you will see Patreon and PayPal and Amazon and all the different ways that you can get behind the show financially. We appreciate every single penny from our loyal listeners. You guys are beautiful. So until next time. Happy Easter. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Well, I'm an adult, so I don't have a fucking favorite color. A favorite color. What does that mean? 